Ahoy, Buck fans! Are ye looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. Hey, Buccaneer fans, welcome back. We are in the 2022 NFL season. The calendar has just begun. The league year has just begun. We are back for our first episode of the 2022 season with the No Quarter Given podcast, folks. Remember us? We were here for you last year with our inaugural uh, podcast season, and we are back again for year number two. Yours truly, Jason Powers along with my co-host, Peter Blake. Welcome back for year number two, Peter Blake. Uh, yes, sir. Welcome back. And, uh, you know, welcome back to Tom Brady for his 23rd year. How about that? That's kind of changed the uh, free agency and how a lot of Bucks fans out there were feeling, right? Absolutely. The last time we spoke to our Buccaneer fans was after the uh, the Rams divisional loss. And all the speculation was that Tom was going to retire. I think he did it a couple days uh, later after the game that following week. So, you know, uh, we had the tragedy. We weren't sure. We, we, you know, we, you and I were discussing Blaine Gabbert, Kyle Trask, vomiting in our mouth, all that kind of good stuff. <laughs> Yikes. But come Selection Sunday of the, of the NCAA tournament, the only person that could upstage Selection Sunday is our guy TB12 with the announcement he is back for another year in Tampa Bay. Jason, where were you when it happened? Because I know where I was. I was taking a nap. I didn't think there was anything that was going to happen. In fact, if there was any news at that point, we heard that Deshaun Watson was going to be in the box plans. They were going to go after him heavy. But, of course, they didn't. It's announced. Somebody says, what are you doing? Why aren't you on? I'm like, what are you talking about? Tom Brady just announced on Twitter he's coming back. I'm like, no, this is a joke, right? This is somebody's trolling. Sure enough, it was Tom Brady. I was here going live. Where were you? Were you with TJ? I was doing a podcast, a basketball NCAA selection tournament, selection Sunday podcast with our buddy TJ Reeves, who's the sideline reporter for the Buccaneers. I was helping TJ on his basketball podcast for selection Sunday. In the last two minutes of the podcast, it was all breaking at that moment. He puts on a Tampa Bay Buccaneer hat. And I didn't know what he was referring to. And all of a sudden he says, Tom Brady's back. Mm-hmm. Right, the, right at the end of our podcast, live on the air, man. Amazing. Just amazing. And it's changed everything. I mean, it's changed the attitude of everybody at this point. You know, going into free agency, you thought you were going to lose a lot of players. Look, the Bucks have had their fair share of losses. We'll get to it in a moment. But, I mean, the gets that they've had that have come yeah. back at this point have been amazing. And again, it goes back to what I call the Brady blueprint. When you take less money, you spread that money over a course of time to your team, you're able to bring back the players, unlike an Aaron Rodgers or other quarterbacks out there. We'll get to that later. All right, let's, let's actually, I want to get to the, the NFL free agency uh, window first, and then we'll, then we'll sure. dial into the bucks here in just a, a few minutes. Sure. Bre the breaking news of today as we're recording this, 
Massive trades have happened in the offseason. Quarterbacks have moved. Big-time receivers have moved. And today, highlighted it with Tyreek Hill being traded from Kansas City to the Miami Dolphins for five draft picks and then signing a four-year, $120 million extension. That, that preceded Devontae Adams going to Vegas from Green Bay for a one and a two this year, signing a huge deal with Vegas. Russell Wilson gets traded. You know, Carson Wentz gets traded. Some free agency signings. Uh, Deshaun Watson gets traded for three number ones and $230 million guaranteed. Just what? Just your overall impressions of the landscape of the National Football League free agency this first couple of weeks of the new league year. Well, it's upstaged everything, right? It's upstaged Major League Baseball. We didn't have baseball there for a little while. Now it's come back. It's upstaged March Madness. And thank God it has because sports broadcasters like myself wouldn't have anything to talk about. Let's talk about this. Tyree Kill gets traded for five draft picks. Is that going to make Kansas City better? I don't think so. But again, there's a correlation here. And I'm going to get to that in a moment. Patrick Mahomes signs a big-time contract. You lose your number one wide receiver. Consequently, Aaron Rodgers signs a big-time contract because all we heard, and you know I was on his side from the very get-go, that he didn't have enough weapons. Well, the guy decides to go back. Not only that, he takes one of the biggest deals in NFL history. And guess who walks out the door? Devontae Adams. So when you sign a quarterback to a major deal, it's going to be an albatross if you will, on your salary cap, and you're going to miss out on players. And I'm not sure how good Kansas City is at this juncture. I'm not sure how good Green Bay is. In fact, I think both of those teams, consequently, have taken a step back. Now, Deshaun Watson, $230 million guaranteed. Uh, he better take it to the promised land, either not this year, because most likely he's not going to be suspended for the majority of it, but he better take it to the promised land here in the next couple years. I get it. Cleveland's trying to compete. That's a lot of money to put on a guy who's coming off 22 allegations. And then the other trades here, you didn't even mention Matt Ryan yep. uh, to uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Does that get them over the top? Uh, he leaves uh, Atlanta. you got Carson Wentz going to the Washington Commanders. Does that win the division for him? Lots of quarterback movement. And then Russell Wilson, once again, another big-time contract where Seattle tries to get out of it. You get picks and players. Does that make the Denver Broncos a player at this point in that division, which certainly has gotten tougher with the Chargers and, of course, the Raiders making moves this offseason? The quarterback star power in the AFC is incredible when you go from one to probably one to ten. I mean, Matt Ryan is probably the eighth or ninth best quarterback in that conference now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and we really, think, and we think they're, and we think the Colts can be a legitimate Super Bowl team, even with Matt Ryan. Yeah, even with Matt Ryan, because you got a great offensive line. You got Taylor in the backfield there. You got, you know, pretty good weapons that you think, uh, you know, Michael Pittman Jr., uh, possibly pick up a wide receiver in free agency like a Julio Jones or Jarvis Landry. But everything that the Bucs wanted happened for them good, if you think about it. I mean, all the quarterbacks are basically out of the NFC besides Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers lost his number one weapon, so all the tough teams are on the AFC. They're going to beat each other's brains out, and basically the Bucs have how many teams in the NFC that they're going to have to compete with. Right now, the Bucs are looking good with all these trades in the AFC. Stafford re-ups in Los Angeles for four years, four more years, so he's gonna. they're going to be able to be players in the free agency market still. Give me, the uh, again, some other big key moves. 
Vaughn Miller goes to Buffalo. Khalil Mack traded from the Bears to the Chargers. Trubisky goes to Pittsburgh to be the quarterback. Eh, not, not sure about that. Our buddy Jameis goes back to New Orleans for two years. So, sure. again, the Buccaneer path in the NFC is so much easier than it's going to be in the AFC. I'm just surprised that some of these quarterbacks, especially Deshaun Watson, he could have gone to Atlanta. He could have gone to Carolina. He chose to go to Cleveland because I think it's that was strictly a money play. When somebody says, here's $230 million, guaranteed it's hard to turn that down. Yeah, but you wonder what, you know, the future for that organization is going to be because we've seen these quarterbacks sign these major deals before. What happens? Never like that. Right. Never $230 million guaranteed. Right. So you, you better have a great capologist, Cleveland. You better win a Super Bowl here in the next couple of years. And look, that division is tough in itself. You have the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow coming off a Super yeah. Bowl appearance. Pittsburgh Steelers, we'll see. You know, they got some, they got a, a team that competes every year. You got the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson. That'll probably be the next big deal there. Um, so, you know, tough division at this juncture for Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. And I don't even think he's going to play that much this year. So, Lots of guaranteed money. And there was talk that, look, if Watson would have joined the Atlanta Falcons, he would have brought Leonard Fournette and possibly yeah. uh, Jarvis Landry with them. But it just tells you uh, that the NFC South is absolute garbage at this point. I get a Jameis Winston re-signs with the Saints, and they always give the Bucks problems. But the Atlanta Falcons, they have Marcus Mariota, who hasn't started a game since 2019. You're going to get an opportunity, Jason Powers, to see the Falcons versus the Saints the two number one or the two one and two picks in 2015, Mariota versus Winston. And then Carolina doesn't even have a quarterback at this point. They don't want a Baker Mayfield. So who knows what's going on in that but, division overall? It's all uh, advantage to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the two na- and two quarterback names that we didn't think, well, the one quarterback name we thought would be the, the main guy in free agency this year or would kind of be the, the, the guy that would – be the domino, Jimmy Garoppolo, still sitting out there with the 49ers. He really doesn't have a place to go. Don't be surprised if the 49ers keep him as an insurance policy because I don't think they – I'm not sure they believe Trey Lance is ready. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be going to the Carolina Panthers. That's where he's wow. going to go. I, I cannot see anything else. They freed up cap. They have Christian McCaffrey. They've got to make a bold move. They may have wanted to get Watson. Watson didn't want them. They don't want Baker Mayfield. I'm telling you, Jimmy Garoppolo with the Carolina Panthers. Does that improve them? I I don't know. Marginally. Marginally. Right. But you feel good about that division overall. Oh, yeah. And it's all because of Tom Brady coming back. It has changed, once again, the NFL's landscape. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's – before we get back to the – we're going to get into the Bucs real deep, fans. So don't worry. Hang in there for another minute or two. What's the one move that you think is the most game-changing move? To me, it's Russell Wilson going to Denver because they have the defense in place. They've got good wide receivers. They've been missing that trigger man since Peyton Manning left. And I think Russell Wilson could be a major factor in the AFC. I agree with you, but in that division, I think the major move, I'm just going to be a little bit different. Finally, you get Derek Carr, a big-time weapon, and a Devontae Adams who, you know, the last couple of years, 100-yard receiving seasons. Can he duplicate that? Finally, Carr's got a weapon. His college teammate, Adams, always wanted to be a Raider. So we'll see how that works out. And then on top of it, in free agency, they re-signed a Max Crosby who could get after it. 
And then he had a Chandler Jones. Yes. So it's like Josh McDaniels and that whole administration is really serious about not only making the Raiders an offensive power, but also a defensive power. They could be a power in that AFC West with all those teams improving. So I like what the Raiders did in the offseason, especially with the Devontae Adams. In two huge moves by the Chargers. Khalil Mack for a for a bag of potato for a bag of potatoes basically from the Bears, which give the Bears credit they got rid of that salary cap. That was the number one goal with Khalil Mack. He had a lot of salary cap implications. The Chargers took all that all the, that money and whatever draft pick you get is a bonus. And the other move, J.C. Jackson, the big time corner from New England, they signed him to a big deal to put him on the back end with Derwin James. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You get those two guys and free agency, that absolutely improves your defense at this point. You they re up Mike Williams as well, the receiver. Right. You re sign a Mike Williams. So that offense is already explosive with the young quarterback and a Justin Herbert, but you improve that defense. And can you imagine Joey Bosa on one sided Khalil Mack? I mean, that's yep. how you get after yep. a Russell Wilson, a Derek Carr, and a Patrick Mahomes. So I like the Chargers in that division, but. Goodness gracious, that AFC West is going to be something to watch this year in the National Football League. That's probably the greatest collection of quarterbacks in one division in the history of the NFL. No doubt about it. The greatest collection of talent in the NFL right now. Right. No doubt. That's the best division, period. All right. You're listening to the No Quarter Given Podcast. I'm Jason with Peter. Now let's dive into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, we mentioned it. Tom Brady, Selection Sunday, announces he's coming back. That completely sounds like from what Bruce Arians and Jason Light said, that had been in the making for a couple of weeks. They'd been in contact. They'd stayed in touch. You know, we saw the clip of Tom Brady in England at the Manchester United game, talking to Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo made the comment, are you coming back? And Brady said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of him and hawed about it, which led you to believe the door was definitely open. So, just your thoughts of how much their offseason plans changed by Tom Brady saying he's coming back because a lot of people thought this could have been a transition year for the Bucs with no Brady. Do you go with Kyle Trask for a year? Are you in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes? We didn't know which way the Bucs were going to go, but once Tom Brady, and the importance of that, the day he did that was it then allowed the Bucs that next two or three days in that open negotiation period to get Ryan Jensen to get those guys in place that you thought were critical elements. And again, Ryan Jensen was the first guy. Chris Godwin gets franchise tagged, which then he then gets signed to a three-year deal. Carlton Davis comes back. Aaron Stinney's re-signed. Just your thoughts of how, how the dominoes fell into place once Tom Brady announced he was back. I mean, perfectly. And it was a drastic change because we were talking about Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbard are possibly giving up so many picks throughout the years for Deshaun Watson. And I'm not sure if the team could go through that. I'm just not sure. So it absolutely changed at that point. They picked the perfect time and whatever the Glazers said, boy, they can recruit. That's for sure. And hats off to Jason Light for going all Motel 6 on Brady saying, we'll leave the light on for you. You know, we're not going to press you. Yeah, I would say football relationships. We'll give you your time. We'll we'll give you your space. You know, much like they're doing right now with Gronk. We'll let you decide, sweetheart. And when uh, he decided, of course, it changed everything in the Tampa Bay area. There were a lot of Bucs fans saying, you know what? It's going to be a year where they go 5-12. and Right now, a lot of Bucs fans are saying 12-5 and uh, after Brady coming back. But you're absolutely right. You get Ryan Jensen, which was important. 
Uh, the talk was he could have had 15 to $16 million, important signing there. Uh, you get Aaron Stinney signed uh, before that happened. And to me, the move that is going under the radar, trading for Shaq Mason yes. for a fifth-round pick after Ali Marpet, which it looks like he's going to stay retired. Right. He is an upgrade. That offensive line is in better shape than it was last year. In fact, I think that offensive line actually got better, believe it or not. That's a, that's a great, great point you brought up about Shaq Mason. Again, the Patriots, and again, and I, we'll talk about a couple of sneaky moves that we 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 figured Alex Kappa was going to get overpaid, and he yep. did by the Bengals. Good for Alex. He had a good career. He's going to another winning situation, so even better for Alex. It's not like he's going to the Carolina Panthers and have to wallow in mediocrity. He's going to a championship or a roster in, in Cincinnati. They've upgraded their line, Lyle Collins. Big, big offensive line moves in Cincinnati, but good for him. Jordan Whitehead, the safety we talked about, went to the Jets. And, you know, what's, he, what's he doing? I mean, and I get it. You, know, you want to go and you want to get the money because you already got the ring, but you're going to the friggin' Jets just in the season for yep. a reason. And we, we don't know that situation. We heard uh, from Jenna Lane of ESPN that, you know, the Bucks never offered him anything, what the Jets Maybe. offered. So they want to move on. And then on top of it, you draft Mike Edwards and what, uh, as a premium pick, you want to see if he can start. If not, then you basically are back to the drawing board with drafting. You can draft somebody in the first or second round this year. So to Sneaky me, signing, Logan Ryan. Yes. Logan Ryan, a very cerebral safety, has history with Tom Brady with the Patriots, was getting better and better every year. He's not a superstar, but a very serviceable safety. You team him with Antoine Winfield. I think that's going to be a great match. Ball Hawks, both those guys are ball Hawks. Mm -hmm. That's what Todd Bowles likes in his safeties. Guys that can cover, guys that are good ball skills. Jordan Whitehead didn't have great ball skills. Mike Edwards is, uh, he's he's up and down. I'm not, I mean, sure. perfect number three safety. But I think Logan Ryan, and now there's even talk that you might see another week or two down the road. Tyron Matthew might be a guy that walks in the door at a, at a discounted rate because, again, he wants to be on a championship-level culture, and he has familiarity with Bruce Arians. And with the Ryan signing, it gives you versatility because not only can he play safety, but also in the slot. We know Todd Bowles likes three safeties on the field at the nickel, same time. Nickel corner. Yep, nickel corner. And, and, again, you don't know. You're not sure about that back end. You get Carlton Davis back, but Sean Murphy bunting somewhat regressed last year. He's in a contract year. You had Jamel Dean. So contract year. Yeah, I mean, you're in that free agency year, so you have to figure it out. You have to either put up or shut up. And don't be surprised that not only Matthew comes here, but also you look at some draft picks because Jason Light talked about this, and this could be coach speak, but according to him, maybe not the first round, but the second and third round, lots of depth. We know that they, that you know, position has got to be pushed yep. if those guys don't come up in their free agency year. So we'll see how that plays out. But good signing. They wanted Logan Ryan a couple years ago. They couldn't get him. He signed with the Giants. Now they got him. Now, again, just breaking this week, on Monday, Leonard Fournette re-ups with the Bucks. Three years, 21 million, 11 guaranteed. He had visited the Patriots over the weekend. You know, again, do I like paying Leonard Fournette $7 million a year? Eh, I don't love it, but again, Again, I, I can live with that. Again, your boy Ronald Jones visiting Kansas City probably will sign there. He's not coming back, no doubt. No. Keyshawn Vaughn's probably the number two back. 
you, uh, he's definitely under contract. You got to figure out a third down back. Do you re-sign Gio Bernard? Do you find do you draft somebody potentially? That's something to look out for. They brought back Brashard Perryman on offense. And again, to solve your number two or number three court receiver situation, not knowing what Chris Godwin, a very good signing, Russell Gage from the mm. Fa- Atlanta Falcons, who had a couple big games against the Buccaneers in his career, a very solid number two, number three receiver. Absolutely solid, and he may have to play that two-wide receiver position, uh, but he's always killed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Once again, versatile. You can play him in the slot. You can play him outside. Godwin was talking in his presser the other day how uh, he was impressed with Gage's game with the Atlanta Falcons, and I tell you right now, this rumor that's going around, and I will not put it past Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to do this, but according to Skip Bayless, Brady has tried to recruit Julio Jones. And the reason why I say you could do this if he takes less money, because you don't know how long Chris Godwin is going to play this season or how long it's going to take to get him back to hundred percent. We already know his injury history. We know Mike Evans injury history. And what we don't know is if Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, or even Jalen Darden can step up because what we saw last year, it's not getting it. So if you can get a Julio Jones for less than $10 million to come here and try to get a ring, you do it. No way I'm paying Julio Jones anywhere near $10 million. No, he's not I, getting I would $10 say, million. Yeah. I would say 4 to $5 million at most is what you pay. And I think right. I, I think a Julio Jones signing, if if he's still available, is going to be further down the road because I think the Buccaneers want to wait till May, maybe June, to see where what the progress of Chris's knee is. If they're pretty confident he's not going to be ready for the start of the regular season – then I agree with you 100%. A veteran guy, a guy like Julio, a guy like an Emmanuel Sanders that can come in and be a guy, a number two to compliment Mike Evans and Russell Gage. I think those are kind of guys you're going to see potentially to be a June signing, a later in the in, in free agency signing once they have a better sense of what Chris Godwin's situation is. And you're right. And what you have right now is just guys. I mean, I, I love Tyler Johnson who's coming yeah. out of Minnesota, had an unbelievable outback bowl, but really has not been able to develop. No. Scotty Miller in the Super Bowl year had some big catches. Where was he last year? Injured, ineffective. Jalen Darden, he looked like he was lost. So again, I believe if they have the opportunity and, and Jones has the opportunity to come and win a ring and because of Brady and that Brady effect that Jason Light was talking about the other day where Brady is the ultimate cheat code. You take advantage of that cheat code. You try to go out and get a honey badger for less money. You try to go out there and get a Julio Jones. But remember, Just they signed Brashard Perriman. They brought Perriman back on a one-year deal. So, right. again, a Perriman-Gage combination probably could fill in the two and three spot if Chris Godwin's not ready to go opening day. Let me day. ask you something. You want to go with the Perryman and a Gage, or you want to go with the Gage and a Julio Jones? What sounds better to you? But 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 the best the best ability, though, is what? Availability. And Julio's, well, lately, the last three, four years, his availability's been five, six, seven games a year. Great point. And that's the reason why you sign him, because you know that you're going to have Mike Evans. You already have your three top wide receivers, but you know they're going to miss some time. So Julio's not going to have to play full-time. He's your fourth wide receiver. So to me, that's a luxury. And again, I would take that over what you got right now. I, I love Perryman as a speed, uh, but he, he's he's a little bit ineffective. And I, I, think, think, I think Julio's going to have more options for bigger roles with more competitive teams. The Colts, 
Cleveland, maybe a team like Dallas, Indianapolis. He has a relationship with Matt Ryan. I think he's going to have more of a market than have to settle for $3 million to come to be the number four receiver with Tom Brady. It's a better situation, Jason Powers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady and the opportunity to win a Super Bowl or uh, the opportunity to go somewhere else and make more money. I get it. Everybody's chasing the money, but sometimes, and I put this out there on Facebook, it got made fun of the Brady blueprint where you spread that money out with your whole team instead of signing a big-time deal like Mahomes and Wilson and Dak because you lose your number one wide receiver eventually. So I think the Brady effect may come into play here, but we shall see, my friend. O.J. Howard signed with Buffalo, one-year deal. That's a good move for O.J. O.J. needed a new a change of scenery. He's well, going to yes. yes. I mean, I'm he, just saying. I'm just, I think right. he did. Well, I, uh, I mean, we didn't even know if he played last year. I mean, he's a great blocker, but he right. was highly ineffective also. I always thought they should have drafted a Dalvin Cook. And that's neither here nor there. Look, OJ gets an opportunity. They pair him with Dawson, uh, Dawson Knox, with Josh Allen. Good Buffalo combination. Trying, right. Dawson, look, Buffalo is trying to go for it. Von they Miller are. paying him $20 million a year. So hopefully OJ works out, but he did not look like himself last year. He's got all the potential in the world, Jason Powers, but potential is the most overly used word and sports well and 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 to oj's oj's defense a little bit he's coming off probably the most brutal injury you can have in achilles correct a lot of guys i don't care how athletic you are you're never the same after an achilles injury doesn't matter who you are you're never the same yeah no i agree with you on that i agree so we'll see and you when you said oj in defense i automatically thought of uh oj simpson there so i'm just saying yeah again a couple sneaky a couple sneaky signings that i like Aaron Stinney at guard. He's going to be, he's, they're going to plug him in at right guard. He's yep. going to be the right guard. And Bill, uh, William Golston, backup solid guy, great guy in the locker room, going to be his 10th year with the Buccaneers. He announced today, I think he's coming back. So I think that's, that's again, uh, depth on the defensive line, rotational guy. He's a, he's a, again, great locker room guy for the organization, wants to be here. More importantly, I'm sure they're getting him on a discount. So, um, again, I'm going to go through a list of names. Give me some. And the one guy we've not even talked about that we're all pretty confident will be back. One Mr. Mr. Rob Gronkowski. Your no, thoughts. I agree. I agree with you. I mean, I look at Tom Brady's a starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Why wouldn't Rob Gronkowski come back? He's taking his time. You know, he's kind of making Tom sweaty. Talked about this <laughs> in the video last week at a barber shop. I think he's going to come back. Yes. I think anytime. You have him, and, and look, the Bucks are going to have an opportunity also, and I know we're going to get to the draft in a moment, but they're going to have, you know, opportunity to draft a tight end. Who they is need to do they, that. What they want. They want a blocking tight end, and let's face it, besides the Gronkowski, you know, Braid's not great in the blocking game. Neither was OJ. They tried to find that. They're yes. going to be able to find that in this draft, but I think Gronkowski comes back. All right, let's, I'm going to give you let's, – let's go through a list of names of guys that are still unsigned. And give me a thumbs up or thumbs down whether they're coming back or not. First guy I'll start with, JPP. I think he comes back. I know that they, I, I look. I know they want to get JTS, which is uh, Joe Tryon, Shyinka Moore uh, reps, which they okay. should because he's a first round pick. But he has a problem with playing inside. Jason like talked about this during his combine presser a couple weeks ago. JPP is a gamer. If he's going to take less money, he still wants to win a ring. He'll do it here. If not then he's not fully healthy. I trust in this Buccaneer organization to do the right thing. I think JBP comes back. 
Richard Sherman. Nah, I can see he's a coach at this point. I mean, <laughs> I mean see he's Coach Sherman at okay. this juncture, you know. And Dominican Sue. I think Sue is still playing at a high level, even though he's up there in age. I'm, I'm kind of concerned. You, you know, when does that level kind of fall off, right? right? But it didn't fall off last year. Didn't he have like six or six and a half sacks? He's still productive. He's still part of that unit with William Golston. And Golston doesn't get talked about a lot. That's a good signing because they are a part of that number one, number one or number two unit versus the rush. They take pride in that. And both of those hosses up front really know how to stop the run. So I like Sue to come back also. And again, if a name to be on the lookout for if Sue doesn't come back, a guy named Akeem Hicks from the Bears, mm-hmm. a very similar guy to, to Sue, interior to help Vita, because Vita Bay is going this way. He's definitely taking the mantle of dominant interior defensive lineman in the league. The double teams are coming to him. So you want to try to get a guy who can create a little pass rush. Sue can still do it. If you can't get Sue, maybe Akeem Hicks. If Sue decides not to come back to retire, a guy like Akeem Hicks might be a guy looking for a championship, a little older, looking for a championship run, could be a guy to look out for. And I still think he could play at somewhat of a high level. He can't stay healthy, so you may be able to get him at a discounted rate. I don't have any problem with signing him. And now sign Sue and him. (laughs) Load up, baby. Load up. Let's go for it. Let's go. They're they're going for it. You can't pay everybody, Peter Blake. I know we want to give everybody $10 million a year, but there's only so many dollars (laughs) you can kick down the road with the salary cap, my man. Hey, I need Jason Light and Mike Greenberg and whoever else is over there to uh, budget my uh, checking account out because whatever they're doing, my friend, they're making magic, and I want to be a part of it. I'm no mathematician by any means. In fact, I didn't do well in college math. That's why I'm a sports broadcaster right now. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. So I'll pay everybody. Pay them all. Figure all out right, a couple, way. A couple more names, and we'll get we'll get to the draft. Yeah. Gio Bernard. No. And I'll tell you why, because I talked to somebody from Pewter Report tonight, and he believes that David Johnson is going to be on this Bucks roster somehow, some way. And you know what? I, I, I agree with him. They can get Johnson for a much cheaper deal than Bernard. I think he was disappointing last year, couldn't stay healthy. He didn't bring them necessarily what they were looking for. I like a David Johnson, and I also like the Bucks to draft somebody. Okay. Interesting one here. Blaine Gabbert. No. I'll tell you why, because if, if, if you want to see what Kyle Trask has, if he is truly your quarterback of the future, I go with Kyle Trask as your, your backup quarterback. Here's your, here, here'd be my only pushback on that is if you're going to invest all these dollars in all these guys, Brady and the fellas, mm-hmm. God forbid something happened to Tom Brady in week two or week five, and he's out a month or he's out six weeks. Do you, would you rather have Kyle Trask with the inexperience with a championship roster around him? Or would you rather have a little more experience where you could say, Blaine, we need you to go two and two the next four weeks and, and have confidence that he could get us to the finish line for two games. It's a good point. And uh, probably on that point, I probably would take a Blaine Gabber, but there is a wild card out there that has been thrown out into this mix. Yeah. What about a Baker Mayfield who was a number one overall pick just a couple of years ago? What if he gets cut or what if the Bucs are interested in trading for him? I get it. There's salary implications, but who knows? Maybe Cleveland will pay for most of that salary just to rid of you it. Know, 
Would you be interested in a Baker Mayfield, sort of like a Jameis Winston situation, right? Winston overall, number one overall pick, goes to New Orleans, sits behind Drew Brees for a year, learns that offense, and then, bam, he's somewhat of a substantial quarterback, if you will. And if you look at it, Jason Powers, the numbers don't lie. I mean, Mayfield and Winston, their numbers are very similar. We've heard about B.A. and the Bucs really liking him. So, you know, if you can get him for basically nothing, that's a number one overall pick. I'm 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 good with that, actually, to tell you the truth with the Baker Mayfield. I don't know if it's going to happen. But here's the issue with Mayfield. His fifth year, the, all these fifth-year quarterbacks, their contract's guaranteed. The Cleveland, if Cleveland's not going to cut him and eat $20 million, they might trade him for a fifth round draft pick for somebody else to take the 20 million. They're not going to eat $20 million with Baker Mayfield, not on that roster. I don't think and under any circumstance, not when you're having to pay Watson and the other guys you're trying to pay, they're not wow. going to eat $20 million. Remember that 230 million is only 1 million this year for Watson and Cleveland's done some crazy things before. And if they cannot get, and if I'm a team out there and I'm looking at Cleveland, you got a big time problem at this point. You got to do something. You got to unload him eventually. Right. So if there's no trade interest, call their bluff, play chicken, let the Browns release him, take that cap hit. And if I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and I'm Baker Mayfield, hey, make some progressive commercials down here with Tom Brady in it. I, I could see it, and I think it would be probably the best thing for his career. Just saying, I'm not the if, biggest Baker fan, but if he got if he got released outright. You know where he would be within a day or two, if not less than 24 hours? He'd be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Over a money Mitch Trubisky? Yes. Okay. And to try to stick it to the Cleveland Browns, you don't think he wouldn't sign a discounted, uh, you know, one-year deal with Pittsburgh? Do they want him? Mitch Trub- I mean. Do they want him? I mean, does it, did we, we – Sounds like him? Mike Tomlin's interested in, in Baker Mayfield. It does. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe he is. Maybe he is the future. Maybe Trubisky is the future. Who knows? But I tell you right now, if I'm Baker Mayfield and I have a choice to play under the greatest quarterback of all time and learn from him and learn from a quarterback whisper and a BA, I'm probably taking that choice. I get it. He may (laughs) want to start. I'm just not sure if he's going to start anywhere this year. Carolina doesn't want him. You know, you want to go to Seattle? That's a dump. I mean, their, their team right now, it's in rebuild. You yep. want to get killed? Ask Russell Wilson about that. How did a, a smallish quarterback do behind that offensive line? Right. Not very good. So I'm with you. Okay. All right. Let's head to the draft. Yeah. Draft is late. Uh, first in May. Let's talk about some needs for the Buccaneers. I wrote down four positions of need, and mm-hmm. we can prioritize what we think in what order. Offensive line, linebacker, wide receiver, defensive back. Let's prioritize him in Peter Blake's mind. A defensive tackle. I'll tell you why, because Sue's getting up there in age at this point. Really? If okay. There is, if there is a Devontae White out there from Georgia, and I heard this from BA, he was talking about it. Look, we already have a Vita Vea. We don't need a Jordan Davis from Georgia. We need a Wyatt. If there's a wide out there, you look at the film with him getting after uh, the passer at this point. I'd like a wide to be drafted. I like them to go uh, a defensive line at that juncture. If not, then you may go with the Zion Johnson. But honestly, to me, are you going to invest in offensive line when you just re-signed an Aaron Stenny who didn't miss a beat? You just traded for Shaq Mason. I would rather go defense at this point because I think that line is getting up there in age a little bit. 
Linebacker potentially is, a, is an area of need with, with the Levante David getting older. You need some, you know, Kevin Minter. Eh. You like, do you like Kevin Minter? Do you like KJ Britt? I don't know what they think of those guys. Maybe you have to have a guy again, you know, Devin White's clearly going to be a guy that's he's probably next up on the list of wanting to get a contract extension after this year at some point. So again, um, do you draft another defensive back? Because like you said, Murphy Bunning and Jamel Dean are coming up. You're not signing all those guys for long-term deals. You just can't afford to do it. Antoine Winfield's going to want some money pretty soon. So maybe you draft a corner in the first or second round. Again, offensive line. You can't ever have enough of those guys. You know, no, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And you could go with him or you could go with green from Texas A&M at the guard spot. Are they versatile? Can they play multiple positions? Could you be talking about Donovan Smith, maybe taking his job? Because we all know that Tristan Worfs is probably the best offensive lineman with this yep. unit. Uh, but we've heard Jason Light talk about it. And we know the propensity, if you will, of Jason Light going after corners, maybe a Kyir Elam from Florida at the cornerback situation or maybe drafting a running back in the later rounds. I definitely think they could draft a running back. I'll give you two names at this point. Isaiah Spiller at a Texas A&M. Yep. They really like him. Six foot one, 200, can catch, pass protect, and a Damian Pierce from the Florida Gators. I think those third, are the names to watch. That, that's probably a third or fourth round opportunity for the Buccaneers to fortify the running back position. In one spot, I'll say it wide receiver early. The reason I say early mm-hmm. is there's a couple guys if a Jamison Williams is there, knowing he probably needs a redshirt year, you could you could draft him late in the first round, knowing he's going to be redshirted, basically. I think that's a guy that you could be that's an electrifying force, potentially. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I, and I agree with you. I mean, there's some wide receivers in this draft. A Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. You have a Dodson from Penn State. Uh, you have a kid you can get in the later rounds who's a Tampa guy. And I'm trying to think of his name from North Dakota State. Uh, Christian Waters. Watson. Christian Watson. Christian Watson, 6'4". Yeah. Uh, about 200 pounds, ran a 4'3". I mean, really impressive. So yep. they may not be done. And once again, you know, I look at this wide receiving position. I got some problems with it. Tyler Johnson hasn't stepped up. Scotty Miller hasn't stepped up. Jalen Darden hasn't stepped up. If you don't go out and get a Julio Jones, I get it. You got three wide receivers, but we saw these wide receivers go down with injuries. So look, if you have an opportunity to get a pass catching threat at 27 with how deep this uh, draft is with these pass catchers, go for it. And a young tight end. You need a young mm-hmm. tight end because Bray and Gronkowski are getting long in the tooth. Yep. You need a third guy that can be your future because again, and by the way, congratulations to Cam Braid. Just got married over the weekend. Good for Cam. Yeah, yes, good for Cam. Quality selection for the quality selection, by the way, for Mr. Braid. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I saw I yeah. saw Cam and Mrs. Braid about probably a year ago riding bikes in Davis Island on a Sunday afternoon and got to give thumbs up to Cam Braid on his selection. Good well, job, Well, she actually Cam. used to work for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, believe it or not. Okay. Yeah. Did not know that. Yes, she did. Miss Brooke, right. Brooke Skelly. Yep. Now Brooke Brait. Brooke Brait. There you go. And we got to give a shout out to our man, Gene Deckerhoff, retired from the Florida State Seminoles. The word is that he's probably going to do at least one more year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, maybe two, one or two years. But congratulations to Gene Deckerhoff for an outstanding career at Florida State, doing all the 
basketball, baseball, football for them for so many years. The voice of the Seminoles, and obviously he's the voice of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going on 30 years for you and I. Absolutely, and uh, I, I know no other voice, honestly, besides him doing Florida State football, so uh, going to miss him. And when he retires from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it's crazy, you know, you, you got Gene uh, retiring, you got Tom Brady coming back, possibly retiring next year. Hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully he plays until the end of time because I like talking about it, and I think he could still win like 30 Super Bowls at this point. And then, of course, you got Big Nasty, one of the biggest Bucks fans of all time, Hall of Famer. It's his last year, so why not go out yes. on top with a Super Bowl? And I definitely think it's possible because you look at the uh, trend since 2014. I think Phil Yates of ESPN put this out there. The year, uh, the the year before when Brady loses a playoff game, guess what happens the next year, Jason Powell? Hoisting another ring. There you go. I'm taking it to Vegas. I'm betting this year. I should have bet when they won the Super Bowl, but I'm going to Vegas this year. I'm doing it. And for all you wrestling fans in the state of Florida, I know you'll remember this. Back in the day, one Kevin Sullivan. You remember the, the venerable Kevin Sullivan with Gordon Soley. Yes. Kevin Sullivan, Kevin Sullivan used to say, Habuda Dean, 40 days and 40 nights. That's the length of Tom Brady's retirement was 40 days and 40 nights before he said, I'm back, baby. Yes, and you know what? Speaking of the uh, the wrestling industry, you lost a great one in a Scott Hall. I, I know a local, local guy, Tampa guy. A local guy that, you know, had the mustache, and it's kind of like, you know, doing the blackjack mulligan. I mean, back then when you were in Florida, you, you had cowboy boots on, you had the mustache, and then, of course, you made his character off of Scarface and Razor Ramon and then turned into the real Scott Hall for the NWO, which is one Classic. of the the greatest storylines of yes. all time. You remember in 96 when he came out of the crowd. Yo, you Chico. Know what was yeah, you didn't know what was going on at that point. You know, he was Denim Dan. He wasn't wearing his Razor Ramon. He didn't even have his Razor Ramon <laughs> accent. You thought it was a true invasion from WWE. And that storyline, of course, ended in Daytona Beach, which is so interesting. But WCW, baby, Monday up. Nitro. Beautiful, beautiful times and good for him cleaning up, uh, but passing away at 63 years old, my friend, it's just, it's just too, life is just too, too short sometimes. Yeah, he, 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 he had a, you know, he had a, he, he lived a hard life there during those, during those years, you know, and, it, and that's, uh, you hate to say it, it caught up with him, all the, the hard living he did during those times. And again, he was a Tampa guy. Fort Homer Hester, the armory right down the street from where I live is where all that Florida championship wrestling action happened with Gordon Soley and such. So, you know, rest in peace. Can Scott Hall. That back. I mean, now that's NXT. I mean, that's what it is. It was Florida. It was long ago in like the eighties. You remember when it used to come on WTOG 46, seven o'clock. I'm eight. We're aging ourselves here, Yes. but that's when you had it. And then eventually it became, you know, they brought it back years later, Florida Championship Wrestling. Yep. There were so many superstars that came out of that. And then it turned into, of course, what you know now is NXT, which is, you know, it's kind of dropped off since Triple H has taken a step back. But, yeah, yep. man, just so much history here in the Tampa Bay area with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Peter Blake, tell everybody where they can find you. We're going to probably try to do another episode as we get closer to the draft. But tell everybody where they can find you between now and then. 
Yeah, Monday and Wednesday nights, 9 o'clock on the Sports Web, live on Facebook at The Hub. I love St. Pete and a new platform now with the legend himself, Mr. Leo Haggerty, Amped Up Sports. Like and subscribe to the Sports Web on YouTube and do three things for me here on this No Quarter Given podcast. Bring your passion, bring your excitement. Just don't bring any nonsense. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. Have a great day, guys. And of course, we got to give a shout out to our buddy, Paul Stewart over in England, yes. founder of buckpower.com. Definitely go to that for all your, for all your historical uh, data. Every single day of the year, he, he pu- publishes stuff, birthdays, every Buccaneer's birthday of every obscure Buccaneer in the history of the franchise. It's somebody's Buccaneer birthday every day of the week. And Paul Stewart lets you know about it and tells you all their history of their actions. So definitely go to buckpower.com we're part of the buckpower.com podcast network we appreciate uh paul allowing us to do our thing here and buck fans we will try to have another episode for you as we get close to the draft we will know more free agency information at that time we'll have a better sense of who's going where and all that stuff so definitely stay tuned we appreciate you finding us on the no quarter given podcast definitely subscribe rate and review check out my podcast the powers on sports podcast I've all we, we put out an episode almost every week, so definitely check that out. Check out Peter's stuff. We will be back again for year number two next year. No quarter in the podcast 2022, my brother. Yes, sir. All right, Buck fans, we'll see you next time on the No Quarter Given Podcast. We'll see you around the draft. Take care. Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag buccaneer foe when we come back with another No Quarter Given podcast. And make sure for the best in historical buck coverage, you go to buckpower.com. And as always, keep listening to the buckpower.com podcast network.